welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. Hello, welcome everyone to a special episode of the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast. My name is Scott Berry. This is the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast. With me as always is my counterpart extraordinaire, Joshua Wenner. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm really excited for today's subject. First, that we have Eva on and... Second, just to, I'd love to, I can always learn more about how to sexually fulfill a woman. So uh, there's so much to learn. So I'm excited to learn more and just a juicy subject. So I'm excited for that. We're all here today. Beautiful. So let me introduce Eva. She is a sexologist extraordinaire, founder of Sex Magic, and I'll actually let her introduce her background. And for those of you who don't know her, uh, kind of explain a little bit about like what you're passionate about and what you're bringing to the world. So uh, Eva Clay, welcome. So lovely to have you. Hi, you guys. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here with you. I go way back with both of these beautiful men. Oh my God, the memories and experiences that we've shared over the years. Mm. So who would have thought that we would be here doing this now? Right. Um, yes, my name is Eva Clay. I'm a clinical sexologist, so I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I specialize in supporting women and couples and men in going from a very busy, stressed out life to sexual ecstasy. Mm. Yes, my passion is in bringing people together and through the prism of sexuality and conscious sexuality. Um, I wish I were the founder of Sex Magic. However, that is an ancient practice that I oh. <laughs> that I particularly love, and I love to teach because I do believe in its depth and potency. So maybe we'll share a little bit about Sex Magic directly today, but indirectly we're going to get into a lot of sexy, juicy, magical tips and tools for all of the watchers. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm really excited to jump into this, and and I, I think what comes up for me first is like maybe describe so we know that where we're going like what does this look like sexually fulfilled woman there's so many perspectives that we all get in our mind of what that looks like so from your your lens the lens you're looking through what would that look like to maybe somebody so that they can feel into this they can you know kind of come on the journey with us what would that look like to be a sexually fulfilled woman mm, you're looking at one <laughs> she looks like me <laughs> oh, my boyfriend will be very happy I um yeah so you know it, it's simpler than you might think uh, because i do work with men and i love men so much i just want to say right off the bat it's not that hard and mm. it's not complicated at the core, at the essence, a woman who is sexually fulfilled is a woman who is the recipient of your attention. Mm. Truly, beyond any mm. technique or methodology or style or toy or whatever it is that you might be thinking about, um, it's that she um, feels that you care about her experience mm. and that her pleasure is your priority. That is a sexually fulfilled woman. Mm, I, I even liked how your presence like fine tuned as you communicated that it even like slowed down and it was like, you could just feel that like it slowed down to like be present. Right. Did you feel that Scott? Even it was like, mm -hmm. this is what the energy is like. Right. And we're both like, okay, <laughs> uh, we're dropping in with you. Yeah. So that's, I think, I, I think that's a really powerful 
because I think as men, and again, I'll speak from the context on this call, I'm going to look at it as a heterosexual man uh, pursuing the feminine energy. So I think a lot, and I know Scott's similar, and I know Eva's giving the similar perspective. So I think a lot of us are talking about it from that vantage point. And I think this day and age where you have pornography and you have, you know, old school mentality where guys just talk about what they do with women. And again, the, the range of what's possible and what you can explore, there's a lot of things to what that looks like. And I think a lot of times we also have our wounds and a lot of the wounds are feeling like I'm not enough. And, you know, in the context of a partner that can be really fulfilling and fill that cup up massively. And it could also feel really, um, it can trigger those wounds at a really deep level. So just curious, that made it really simple. What I'm hearing from you is presence in the sexual realm um, is in really being present to know, will you say that one more time, just so it really lands with the men that are listening? Listen one more time, because you probably are making this too difficult. <laughs> Listen how simple this can be. Well, you, you, I mean, you bring up a good point. And um, what I'm giving you is the umbrella. And right. underneath that umbrella, there are a lot of subtleties and spe specificities that we can go into. And I, I know men typically want a blueprint. They want instruction. So I want to give that also. I want to just really give, give everybody as much as I can in this call. And what it boils down to is this. Let's, let's reverse engineer this conversation. What does a sexually unfulfilled woman look like? Mm. Mm. Like most women, that's what it looks like, most women. And that's because of a couple of different things that have come together in a confluence in our current sexual culture. And certainly that includes pornography, which is, a, you know, I'm not anti-porn, but I just, I do like to point out the reality that porn is misrepresenting what sex actually is and can be and how women specifically experience sex. So pornography is a vast lie that continues to be perpetrated uh, globally. There are more viewers on uh, sites like Pornhub, like altogether, there are more people watching porn then combined <clears throat> viewers of Netflix, Amazon, and HBO. So it, it, we have to really recognize it as a global phenomenon and a global epidemic. So that is informing the way that we make love, of course. The other confluence is that women have been acculturated not to speak up for what they want and what they need. Mm -hmm. And this has been you know, going on for centuries. And so... Men don't know. They, they just really don't know. And, and women um, are not empowered and educated to even know what they want, much less how to ask for it. And so this is what I endeavor to do, and hopefully we're going to do in our talk today, is to build some bridges and to build mm. some education and some understanding between men and women. Beautifully. And I'm, I'm wondering how you can speak to when a woman is either sexually fulfilled, because the podcast that we do is all about personal fulfillment. And like, how do you, when you're personally fulfilled, that allows you to bring your light, your energy, bring more of your purpose out into the world. So when a woman is more sexually fulfilled, or even when she's unsexually fulfilled, how does that affect her overall personal fulfillment? And then also on the flip side, how does being sexually fulfilled help the man? Like, how does it make him, I guess, either feel like the hero or feel connected? And, and how does that bring more sexual fulfillment to his, you know, his life as well? Because sometimes you're right, you know, I think generations past, we've mostly thought about the male psyche about how can, you know, basically how can we get fulfilled 
but not really asking the question, like, how does that bring in, you know, because I think for so long, we've thought about how do we bring in the fulfillment for the man? And we don't really put in the context of the synergy of like, man, if she's fulfilled and I'm fulfilled, wow, we're both, is this going to be something off the charts? And it just hasn't been a conversation that we've been used to. Yeah, thank you, Scott. So well put. Yeah, I definitely want to speak to that. So that brings in the question of why learn how Mm. to sexually fulfill a woman? Why should a man learn this? We're talking about heterosexual couples here. Um, But what's the benefit of that? Like, and when I work with men, I usually have to sell that idea. And um, unless their wife or their girlfriend are, you know, complaining and sending them in to work with me, there's not a buy-in. And that's because, again, culturally, there's this premise, and it's, it's implicit and it's unspoken, but it is deeply entrenched that a man's pleasure is more important than a woman's. Mm. And that a woman may or may not orgasm, she may or may not enjoy sex, she may or may not even want it, but she gives it anyway because she needs to perform her duty or please her man because otherwise he's going to be really cranky or he's not going to love her anymore or it's an obligation. And so we're really working against those deeply entrenched cultural structures here. And I want to leave in a little bit of science. I love science. Um, (laughs) um, Women need sexual pleasure just as much, if not more than men. Mm. There's this huge myth that like men need to ejaculate. Men need to penetrate. Men need da-da-da-da. Women need it just as much, if not more. Here's why. This is the biological reality, and it has to do with our hormonal function. So when a woman is adequately pleased, meaning her body is touched and stimulated and held, and she has an emotional connection with the person she's making love with, and she feels his attention and his care for her, and she has orgasm, it sets us off a chain of neural hormonal activity in her body that then catalyzes a shift in her behavior, her mood, her attitude, Mm. and her perception. Mm. When she has adequate pleasure for her, now every woman's different, but when she's adequately pleased, we know scientifically we can track, she becomes more confident, she becomes more assertive, more talkative, more motivated, more goal-oriented. She has greater sense of reward at completing tasks. She becomes more compassionate more generous, more loving. It actually spikes her intellectual capacity. So I always say pleasure turns any woman into a badass, into Wonder mm. Woman. And, and you can look around, like look at the women in your life who are really sexually empowered, whether they're in partnership or not, or they're single, they're sexually active or they're not, but they're like really lusciously embodied. They're glowing, they're radiant, they're on fire, they're loving, they're like getting their shit together, they're making great money, they're like, they are empowered. When a woman is not getting enough pleasure for her, it's like a vitamin deficiency. She's malnourished and Mm. her soul will begin to shrivel. Right. She literally will begin to contract and she becomes tight. Literally, like we can look at like how pleasure affects muscle tension. She becomes Mm. tight and contracted and she becomes depressed. She becomes anxious and she becomes unattractive or unappealing. She's not radiant in her subtle body. Mm. And these are the women that come to me and say, I can't get a date or I can never get a guy to stick around. I can't because she's disconnected from 
for pleasure. And so that's why we need to be pleasing women. And if we want women in positions of leadership and power, which I believe we need, we need to keep them in their pleasure. Now, what's in it for a man? Why would a guy care about this? It's because when, when we're in an intimate encounter with someone, um, there's a kind of energetic feedback loop. And I want to you know, present this question to both of you and actually anyone who's tuning in right now live or in the replay. Think about those moments when you've been intimate with a woman and you can tell, you can sense, you can see, hear, and feel how much she enjoys it. What does that do for you? How does that feel? For most men, it absolutely lights them up. It's empowering to feel like you're gifting this beautiful creature for pleasure, that you are performing to a certain standard for her and on behalf of her. Um, it's nourishing for the male soul and for the male psyche, mm -hmm. sometimes for the ego. But I want to kind of take that off the table here and just say, like, pleasing a woman, I would love for that to come from the generosity of your heart because you know that's going to inspire her devotion to you. And you know that that's going to make her a better woman in the world. When a man is in sexual mastery, what I mean by that is that he's in relationship with his sexual energy. Mm. He knows when to, when to roll it forward. He knows when to pull it back. He knows how to be present with a woman's body and to listen to it. A good lover listens. That's really all you need to do is listen. It boosts his confidence. He also gets dopamine spikes. So he feels more powerful, more capable, more attuned, more embodied. And this, of course, we know leads to greater success in his life because he has a better sense of himself and his own power. Mm. So, you know, as you, as you bring this up, a lot of things were, were, were kind of running through. And, and as I observed over time, as you kept talking, I think you really grounded it in with the listening part of that. It's the same, same energy as your initial presence, slow down and be present. And uh, I would like for the men that are listening just to, to suggest as I'm hearing this, if you're in your head, it's really hard to listen. And, and, you know, I think a big part of this, you know, a lot of my work's about getting men into the body to feel, which is really difficult when we've been taught our whole lives not to do it. And uh, so I'm curious as this is coming up for you, you know, um, I'd say from the masculine perspective, a lot of times women can be really confusing, <laughs> right? Because it's like some moments it's amazing, some moments it's a yes, some moments it's a no. So when you're saying listening, uh, for me, the practice has been presence of like observing the body, feeling into the body. Um, and I think there's a, I guess what I want to go is in that presence, there's almost this line of uh, dangerous versus careful. And, and I want to talk around this a little bit because I think when you're present and you're listening, sometimes a woman may say, no, she, she may become giving you all the signs and action signals. And I want to be delicate with this conversation because I know there's this Me Too movement where there's a lot of people that have been men that have wrongfully violated women and it's completely unacceptable. But there's this whole other movement of men who are overly cautious and, and so cautious that they never 
they never take their woman and they're, 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 they're tripping around trying to walk on everything she needs. And so I, I see, I guess I want to just speak into this a little bit more. What's that line between dangerous and fearful? And I feel like sometimes the more dangerous men in general, maybe need to be a little bit more gentle and careful in their approach and how they're approaching women and potentially the men that are a little bit more timid and trying to please every little thing about a woman need to be a little bit more dangerous and feel what she needs and risk that boundary of her, uh, of crossing that boundary. So you feel like the inner, so I guess when it comes to listening to the body, what comes up for me is how do you drop down out of the head, which is, does she want it? Does she not? Am I enough? What's going to happen? All these different questions that I would, I would like to invite the men from my perspective is head energy and invite you to go into the body, which allows you to be intimate and feel what's needed and be willing to listen to what you're getting and maybe have some open dialogue and communication about it. So curious from your side of that, what does that look like, um, you know, in that listening conversation and from the feminine, maybe give the men perspective what it's like with the guy in his head versus a guy who's present communicating, feeling, maybe listening to when it's too dangerous or when it's too careful and what that flip side could be. Mm, Yes. Thank you. Those are such great questions. And I'll, I'll answer them from a couple of different levels. Because um, I, I, I want to give people tools, right? mm. you know, not, not just ideas, but tools. Um, we can absolutely feel when you're, when you're in your head versus when you're in your body. Mm. And what it feels like for a woman when you go into your head is it feels like you have left us. I, I, I can literally feel a lover like leave the encounter. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, where, 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 where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where are, where are you? Come back. And um, it, it will begin to, to feel unpleasant in my body. Women have this exquisite radar detection system. And we can detect when you're out of integrity. We can detect when you're not present. We can detect when you're anxious. We can detect when you're bored. We can read you guys. <laughs> and... Um, so it, it will begin to like actually hurt sometimes in our body, whether like whatever iteration of sexuality we're in with you, it will begin to hurt. It will stop feeling good to us. And what most women aren't trained to do is to go along with it anyway. And this is part of the problem. And this is what I train women out of in, in the, my programs um, is how to be so exquisitely authentic with your experience and to communicate that directly with your man. Um, so how to get out of the head and into the body. Um, first tool is the breath. Keep breathing down. As simple as that sounds, it, uh, I find that men need a lot of reminders about this. Like keep actually breathing your body down into the lower half of your, of your body. Breathe with your partner. You know, um, one thing I always love to do with my partner is I'll ask him to breathe with me uh, as he penetrates me. So we're inhaling, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling. And what will happen is we'll go into what we call limbic resonance. So our nervous systems will actually begin to move into a sync with each other. And when we go into limbic resonance and we sync, that's when the brain releases all of these opioid hormones, all these feel-good chemicals, the endorphins, and it begins to feel like this ecstatic kind of blissful rush in the body. But most of us are having sex and entering penetration way before we're ready, way before we're synced, you know, and so that it doesn't feel as good. 
especially for the woman, it doesn't feel as good. Um, so gentlemen, my brothers, mm. breathe deeply in through the nose, out through the mouth. It slows down the nervous system. It down-regulates the nervous system. Um, it slows down the mind chatter. It releases anxiety and tension. And it will actually slow down your ejaculation as well, if, if that's of interest to you. In through the nose and out through the mouth. Also, bringing sensation around the body. This is another tip number two. Um, when you find yourself getting heady, um, either ask your woman, touch my heart. Ask her, I would love for you to touch my heart. And you can enlist her aid so that she's your ally. So she can begin to just sort of massage or stroke or tickle or scratch around different areas of your body so that you get sensation. You get the sensation signals going. Um, or you can do it yourself. A really great practice I love to train men in is that when you're in foreplay or lovemaking, to keep one hand on your heart and one hand on her. Mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So you remain here because it's mm. so easy for men to get hijacked in their stimulation. Right? And, and everything's like going into the genitals. And, early, mm -hmm. I, and, and that's literally just because of how you're innervated. You, the, inner, the innervation from your genitals to your brain is like a straight grid. Ding, 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 ding. It's like a pinball machine. <laughs> and that stuff runs fast, man. You know, women are innervated totally differently from our genitals to our brain. It's like a tangled mess of seaweed. Hmm. it's like the scenic route it literally you know we have an anatomical drawings of this and so that stimulation signal can sometimes get lost or it takes a pause or it decides it wants to rest for a minute before it comes back and like so we take the scenic route you guys are like the four-lane superhighway hand on the heart hand on her deep breaths look into her eyes so in the question of like Listening is, is the number one most important skill when it comes to lovemaking. But how do you listen? How do you listen? How do you make yourself a better listener? It's by entering a state of attunement with her and her body. Using these three tools I just mentioned, breath, sensation, eye contact. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for giving us the tools. There's something about, I'm going to speak from the masculine perspective about like, sometimes if you want tools, give us some instructions and you know, that's, that's really beautiful. And you know, here's the beautiful thing is when you start to breathe, you do the hand on the heart and all of a sudden it slows you down, you reconnect and you do that enough times, it starts to create this neural pathway. So sometimes she can take the lead and she's like, here, just grab the hand, put it on the heart. And all of a sudden, it's like all the excitement's like, oh, it just kind of brings it back down, you know, and it only takes a few times. And this is where you two can really kind of get in sync with yeah. that process. That's so beautiful. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah. You, you um, know, there, there is one thing I, I wanted to, you know, you mentioned the hero thing and you're like well let, let's put the ego aside and you know you were mentioning earlier that like when she's really fulfilled like they're just like she just starts to radiate and it it literally oozes not only into the relationship but just into you know what she's doing into the world her kids like everything benefits it's almost like you know on a fundamental level it's just nourishing the body right it's almost like eating well and just you know nourishing the body and you're you're talking about when that kind of comes back to the masculine or comes back to the man. I know that for a lot of men, and, and I'll speak personally too, that when I'm in tuned with my woman, and 
and she's feeling very sexually fulfilled, uh, that there's a part of me that really gives me juice, right? And I know for a big part of the masculine that we want to we wanna be the heroes, right? And not necessarily like an egoic way, but if I can't be the hero, and it doesn't have to be like the sexual hero, but if I can't be the hero in many parts of the, the relationship dynamic, I will go to a relationship where I get that type of feedback. And it's really important for me and what I've seen a lot in the masculine, and it's not from an egoic part, but it's just a lot of how we're wired. It just feels really good for us to serve, right? And to be able to get that feedback. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on that. And I didn't know if you had any additional uh, points on that, but 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 I know that's that's really important. And when I'm in tuned with my wife that way, oh my god, there's almost nothing better. Like I just feel, I'm just like, oh my god, like what else can I do? What else can I bring out to the world? Like, oh, you just feel like I, I can feel the energy just brewing right now. Like it just feels so good, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love to see your enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I really know and believe with all of my heart that men love to give women pleasure that they love to serve a woman. The problem is we don't have enough good education about how to do that. Um, and we're not taught these like these subtle energetic arts, you know, such as Tantra, which is something I practice and have been a great student of for many, many years. Um, there's not enough support in a culture for men and there's not enough education. And I think what you'll find Again, is like, you know, Scotty, you're talking about your wife and like how good it feels to give her pleasure, but you also get a, a very compliant, I don't, don't want to say obedient, but I mean that in an empowered way. You get a very happy wife, you get a very yeah. happy woman on your hands. And I know when I'm adequately pleasured, when I, when I feel like my lover has attuned to me and, and, um, and served me, you know, I'm super hardcore feminist. I want to get on my knees and bow at his feet. Mm. I want to bring him food. I want to cook for him. I want to massage him. I would like, I would do anything in the world for the man who prioritizes my pleasure and my experience. It, it arouses my heart. I feel devoted mm. to him, I feel loyal to him. Uh, and it's ha that's how this works. That's how we can really start cranking up the level of resiliency in our relationships is by improving the quality of our intimacy with each other, our physical and sexual intimacy with each other. Um, so, so yes, there's, there's everything in the world. There's, there are all the reasons in the world for men to learn how to slow down and listen and connect with their woman. Even if they're having multiple lovers. Look, I, I heard an expert last night, um, someone I, I really respect, talk about this, you know, that um, most men will make love to 30 different women in the same way. You know, that um, most men who are not yet sexually conscious or embodied um, figure out a way that seems to please one woman and then they'll just keep recycling that technique or that style. And Josh, you know, I know we, I realize we didn't get to your question about the danger piece, and I'll weave that in now. It's like, um, but men tend to get like the formula figured out and then they make love to every woman that way. And women are lying about how they experience it. They're not telling you the truth. It, it takes a heroine to stand up to a man and say, hold up. I want something different. Are you into that? Mm -hmm. 
it really, it takes so much courage for a woman to say that. And that's because it's so much fear wired into us. Well, I, I guess what comes up where I've been a little curious is like, I'm very communicative. So in my, I'm, cause for me, I'd look at it like each woman's a different instrument and it's fun to explore and, and discover what this instrument is. And my experience is when I ask a lot of questions, some, um, some women are very open and some are get upset or defensive or like kind of like angry. And so again, when, when navigating that world, it's been a little interesting on, from my perspective, just speaking personally of like, I see some women who use sexuality as a weapon. And, I, and again, I don't know where that looks at it, but some it's like the, uh, and my read on that is maybe somebody's used it as a powered source with them. And so on the flip side, they see it as a power source because they haven't been loved for their heart or their radiance or their beauty or their soul. And so they're looking at this of like, it's my only power because this one's taking the power from me. And maybe that's where that energy comes from, but then they use it as power. I've seen other times when um, it's almost like, hey, let's talk about this. Like, let me know what feels good and let me know what you like. And it's kind of like upsetting or angry. Um, mm -hmm. And I've seen some that are like, just take what you want. And mm -hmm. it's a whole different perspective where it's like, the hero like, like well, let's put the ego aside. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. It's almost like, <laughs> ah, okay. um, and then there's this other perspective where it's um it's almost like that that take what you want energy and mm -hmm. and and you're if you're too so again i'm just curious on this other side and that's where i think the dangerous line came for me discovering it where i was so present like oh what feels good what do you like it's just just take what you want why like why are you spending this time trying to understand me like be the man and be dominant and take what you want so i think there's these and again i think this is where it gets I guess on the woman's perspective as a man trying to discover this, uh, this, this landscape, which is the whole variety in it. Um, there's these varying degrees. So I think I'm, I'm just bringing light to that to show like there's so many, to your point, there's so many different types of women and so many different phases. It seems like that we're going through and the, the feminine's going through. So depending on where you meet uh, and depending on the self-awareness of where that. So for me, I, I had heard a lot about the other side, but I hadn't, it was more recent that it was like, be dominant, take what you want. That was more a different side of it. And probably because I'm learning the dangerous side, right? Of, yeah. Of yeah. So just curious of uh, those ranges and, and, and what your perspectives on that. It's so confusing for men. I, I know. I, I want to bring in a, a slightly different lexicon. Okay. Um, and I think that this might help to clarify. It, it's really, it, it's not really about danger. It's about confidence. Mm. I kept thinking of the word bold when you were bringing up dangerous. Mm. Yeah, it, it's about taking risks. Mm. And when a guy is pulled back and he's being too nice, it does get annoying for mm. some women because what he's injecting into her is anxiety. Mm. Okay, so look, think, think about it this way. This is one of the most mm. important things that I believe that men can learn about sex. It's that whatever's running through your body, you insert into the woman. So if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling stressed out about your day, you're putting that inside of her, whether or not you penetrate her physically, because we are the receptive vessels. Right. We feel you, we receive you. And so if you're not in a good place or you're worried about what you're doing, we feel that. And so it's not necessarily about being dangerous. It's about being confident in the risks that you take with her and using your communication to check in. How does this feel? Is this okay with you? 
because we want you to be confident. We want to feel your masculine strength. We want to feel your power because when you feel powerful, we feel powerful because we take that on. So we want to feel your, your boldness, but we also want to have a voice in what's happening. So let me give you an example because I'm into practical tools. Some women love to have their hair pulled. Some women will go into a traumatic reenaction if you do it. How do you know? How do you know how they're going to react? So you edge. You edge there. You take one little piece of her hair, wrap it around your finger and say, how does this feel? And she'll go, mm, I like that. Okay, then you know. <laughs> you grab the back of her hair. You know, so you can incrementally, you can pace your risk-taking in a, in a conscious, loving, attuned way and, and keep reading her red light, yellow light, green light. If you, you keep getting a green light, keep going for sure. You know, and verbally give her the right to say no. You know, and Josh, it sounds like, like you're such a, a beautiful, conscious man. And like, you're probably really the exception, you know, when it, when it comes to being a lover. But I think most men um, don't know. They don't know. So it's good to insert these communication structures early on. Like, um, um, let, let me give you one. Let me give you a communication structure. Um, please let me know if something, please let me know if you want something to be different. That's all you need to say to her. And what that does is it relaxes her nervous system and gives mm. her permission to use her voice. <laughs> so you don't have to stop every five minutes. I've had this happen. It's not fun. It's a man who's like, is this okay? Do you like this? Am I doing it right? Is it, uh, was that, you don't want that. Is this making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the frame. The, the frame is from the masculine, check in with what your body says and your heart says of where the where this is going to go to serve her. I think the distinction too is not to serve you is the primary because you're serving you. It may just be a quick head to mind release <coughs> depending on your mood or what's going on. <laughs> so to serve her. And then as you're taking the directing it there, just doing a, it's not a constant check-in of assuming what she's at. It's just a quick nudge. Please let me know if, if, if I need to adjust this or please let me know if you need to slow down or a, a nudge. But the frame that I'm hearing from you is, isn't checking to see if it's okay. It's saying we're, we're moving in this direction and let me know if you want me to stop or change the direction, which is a different frame than do I have permission to go here? Right. Is like annoying. Yeah. It's like right. anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause there's an, I feel like there's an unsureness about yeah. what you're bringing into that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can speak for me on the boldness, which I feel like is such an important piece. And I feel like, coming at least from the masculine side and really being turned on by the polarity of when my woman is in that receptive feminine state, part of that is being bold and pushing those edges. And part of the excitement for her is a little bit of the unsuredness of like, oh, where's this going to go? But I think that's all when it's layered underneath the trust and you've already had that communication of like, hey, if something's off, if something doesn't feel right, if something goes into a direction or a place that just doesn't feel good, that we've already set up 
I guess, that framework for you to say something or for you to nudge me that way. So you're almost kind of going into it. I feel like in order for you to even kind of push those edges, go into that boldness, which I feel like a lot of the magic really takes place, that you really have to have that foundation. You need to have trust. Yeah. You need to have trust. Yeah. Um, I'm going to drop a little piece of science here. There are two sides of the nervous system, parasympathetic, sympathetic. Most of us know this by now. Okay. One side is the relaxation response. One is the stress response, the fight or flight response. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody, women especially, need different levels of excitement and relaxation to reach their optimal arousal. Some women need a lot of excitement. So they might be more um, prone. They might have more proclivity towards like danger sex. They want you to spank them, pull their hair, make love to them in a public place. They need more exhilaration and in danger. Other women, the opposite. They need to be like soothed and mm, held and pressed yeah. and like safety. And most women want different ratios of this at all different times. I know this is true for me. Sometimes I want danger. Sometimes I want safety. It just And sometimes in a, a single lovemaking act, that fluctuates as well. And this is what's so mind-boggling to men and so beautiful about the mystery of, of women's erotic life is that it's always this like fluctuation. So, um, is it, can I, can I pause you for a second? Yeah. Is it always this fluctuation? I, I know that sometimes we we're in different spaces, but would you say that most women kind of gravitate a little bit more toward one area than the other? And would you say that most of them are in tuned with what that is? Maybe not, I guess maybe not consciously, but maybe obviously unconsciously because when they're receiving it, they'll know if it doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And I, I believe that the majority of women that I've encountered in 23 years of doing this have no idea mm. what, what their ratio is or don't even have this concept. So that this is a big part again of what I yeah. do, like how to tune in to like where your proclivities are. All they know is that sometimes it feels good and sometimes it right. doesn't. But yeah. they don't, they don't yeah. know why and they don't know what they need. Mm. So that's, again, why I do what I do, why education is so important. But you as the man, so you can begin to feel into, it, where is she now? Where is she now? And that relaxation, excitement, relaxation, excitement. And maybe um, this is a, a good blueprint to start from because I know men like blueprints. Start relaxing her. Start mm. with relaxation. She needs to feel safe with you first before she can get dangerous and dirty. Yeah. Great tool. You want a tip or tool? I'm going to give you one. Take your fingertips, feather touch, tickle the top of her head at the crown, and then lightly stroke the surface of her skin over her entire body in slow motion. And this will begin to, again, turn on her sensation, down-regulate her body, and she begins to register on a conscious and unconscious level that you are not in a linear goal-oriented achievement encounter. As soon as you bring in goal orientation to lovemaking with a woman, it shuts her down. And she will pretend like she likes it because she wants you to like her. But it's antithetical to the way that feminine arousal and climax actually works. I know like a lot of men are going to be like deer in headlights right now when they hear so this. So I'm saying, I, I, I think Scott and I are, are Tracy, but maybe break that down with somebody that doesn't know what goal orientation means. And like, this is all new or they have no experience of Tantra. Maybe just start to unpack that for them a little bit so they can relate. Thank this you. is great. This is so powerful. Yeah. This is really, I think this is like understanding this is really helpful. Cause to your point, if a man, if a woman doesn't know, 
and you don't know, <laughs> this is what of course right. a lot of yeah. bad yeah. <laughs> both people feeling sexually unfulfilled or somebody thinking that they're fulfilled and they're really both people aren't. So uh, this is a really important point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so goal orientation. So um, most of our sexual culture is oriented around the male ejaculation. Mm. That sex is for male ejaculation. Sex begins when the man penetrates a woman. We're talking heterosexual sex in in this particular conversation. Um, sex begins when the man is ready to penetrate her, and it ends when he ejaculates. And this is the problem. Uh, when we take the goal of sex being ejaculation off the table, don't worry, guys, you'll still get to ejaculate. But when we just take that off the table as a goal and instead make the goal something different, maybe it's something different every time. Maybe it's to absolutely please her. Maybe it's to show her how much you love her. Maybe it's to experiment with a different element or aspect of ourself or our being. Maybe it's to, exp- to play with some kink or to get dressed up or to make love outside or someplace that's kind of risky. Or, you know, to, when, when sex becomes more than just a means of getting off. When sex becomes um, playful, an expression of the soul, an exploration of who you are, really, at the level of your soul, so much more can happen. The feminine uh, arousal system works like a wave. It waves up, it waves down. Waves up, it waves down. So her arousal is going to wax and wane like this throughout the entire encounter. The masculine arousal system looks like this. It's you know it's a it's linear. It's, it's a peak and it's a drop. It's a spike. And so when we intersect, assuming that both parties or all parties uh, are operating in this fashion, this is patriarchal sex. This is sex for men. Women do not respond optimally to this. We pretend like we do because we we want to please you, but we don't. We wave. We want there to be chapters of the lovemaking. We want there to be periods of activity and rest. We want there to be danger and excitement. We want women actually need more variety in lovemaking than men do. How's that? Great. <laughs> I, I could I could just I could jam for hours. So I want to yep. make sure that I'm getting to your questions. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's a really good point in it, and that can only happen if a man is present, right? If it, I know from my experience in the past when I was working and routine, <laughs> uh, the routine doesn't work, and and it's I, I know the present, and I I guess just to give a flip side from the feminine from a masculine point of view, uh, when I've had permission in my relationships to have full reign, meaning some women have a lot of boundaries and like. I'm not allowed to do this, this, like, here's, here's what they're uncomfortable with. And then I'm, I noticed for me, I've been thinking in my head, okay, they, they, they like this or they don't like, now I'm a little heady of what I can or can, can't do. Uh, I find in the relationships where it's been open, mm-hmm. uh, not meaning open relationship, but just open to explore. Mm-hmm. I find I can literally tap in and in the moment something drops in and it's like, oh, this is the energy and it's different each time. Uh, and then you're exploring that moment or whatever that, and it's more of a vision. I don't know, Scott, what you're, if you've had similar experiences, but it's almost like you get this, I can think of a moment where it was like, ah, I'm just relaxing. Maybe we'll just cuddle or have a, you know, something simple and gentle. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's like right before it's like, oh, this is happening. 
And it's like the energy will come if I, if there's the opening and then I'm just being used as a conduit for something beautiful to flow through. And there's these, and to me, that's been one of the most heightened experiences I've had in that process of feeling fulfilled because I'm tapping into something. I'm experiencing it with a partner and we're both experiencing the energy that's flowing through and we're kind of the conduit of something else. And it's been beautiful. And I, I feel like when I've had permission, I get out of the way. It's like, sometimes it's like, and even like to the line of somebody saying no, I remember it was a relationship, but I'll just to share a, a quick story of somebody who really wanted to take showers. And there was a big thing, like they had to take a shower every time before. And I noticed there was this, and I was like, okay. And then there was this one moment where it was like, no, take her now. And the energy was like now. And I remember we started and it was like, she's like, no, 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 no. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to like, we're not going to go anywhere if you don't want to, but look at your body. <laughs> like your body's moving right now and your body's, your body's telling me this. So I'll honor where you're at but it feels like it wants to keep going this way. And it ended up being one of the hottest moments we had because to me, that's an example of dangerous. It wasn't, you know, taking something that wasn't mine. It was listening to her body and her telling me, her body saying like, take me. And that moment was there. It wasn't a creation. It wasn't a fantasy. It was like the energy was more dictating it. And both of us, it was like one of the most uh, freeing things. She actually had something release in her that had been, um, uh, it was a big crying moment and a whole process that happened. But um, to me, that's the exploration of dangerous. And so I think from the feminine, uh, and it must be from pain or hurt or different men or whatever that is, but just know if you're in a really safe partnership or somebody that you trust and you feel safety with opening that up and giving the man permission to explore a little bit of that from my perspective, if I'm more of a wanting to honor and respect someone, it gives me permission to feel the energy of, of what that looks like. So I'm just giving, you know, different, different viewpoints yeah. on it. And a lot of times when, and I've also learned just one more piece, what I've learned in the past is when somebody says, I'm not okay with this in the past, I would say, okay, is like a pleaser um, and not check in to say, oh, this is really important to me. And, and, and I think for the other men that have also done this, really respect somebody, really love somebody, really into them. And they say, I'm not okay with this thing sexually. Um, what I've learned is if it's really a must for you, then finding a gentle way to be like, we'll take as long as we need to get here, but this is a must for me. And let's playfully start to explore this. Or if this is a, a complete no, like honoring that in you. So I, I know for me that shut down a piece of me um, and I had to learn to be fully expressed. I have to own what, you know, I like to play and I like to explore and I like to role play and I like, and I have to be okay with that in me. So I, I want to just express to the men that may be listening, honor your sexuality, honor those pieces in you and, and gently learn to enroll um, if that's an option. Cause I think, I think my, that partner I'm thinking of probably would have been totally down. It was just me wanting to put her on the pedestal that I shut myself down instead of like gently, um, moving the relationship there. Yeah. So, and uh, I'm speaking from a single perspective, right? So this is my perspective now reflecting different relationships. I'm curious, um, Scott, how we've been talking to Eva and that ties in. I know you do a lot of work with relationships too, and couples, and you know what happens with couples over time because i think one of the common things i'm curious to get your guys's perspective is i see a lot of couples um where i think the man is what you're saying still thinking goal oriented like she doesn't want sex and i think the feminine is really craving intimacy and connection and they don't know how to quite communicate that so uh and it seems like they're both unfulfilled <laughs> when they could be like so like so I, i'm just curious your guys perspective how do people get back to that again they can use some of the tools you've used do they both have to be on the same page? I just curious if somebody's listening, they're in a relationship, they want to bring more passion to it. Um, how can they both start to get on the same track? How can they both start to get back to 
part? Is it just practicing some of the tools? Are there other suggestions or, or for, for people that are in a relationship? <laughs> can, I, can I just bust a myth really quickly? Yes. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I know that there's this assumption that like men want uh, sex or ejaculation and women want intimacy. Women want pleasure. We want and need pleasure. And I think there's oh, a whole generation of women right now who are like fucking fed up because we need it. And Maybe that's orgasm, maybe it's not. Maybe it's climax, maybe it's not. But most of the time it is. I can't tell you how many women come to me and they're like, I need a fucking orgasm. I'm 65 mm. years old and I've never had an orgasm because my husband never cared. You know, like, so women want to get off. <laughs> but, we need, but we need intimacy mm. most of the time first to get us there. And that has to do with the nervous system and how we're innervated. But it's not like we just want to lay around and cuddle. So making a woman's pleasure the priority, number one. That's all I have to say. Okay. Got it. So it's, so it's not intimacy. Uh, to your point, it's the pleasure the priority. So it's a distinction between thinking intimacy is cuddling or something different versus exploring her pleasure with what that looks like for her. Yes, exactly. And it's an improvisational dance. I love what you're saying, Josh, about you know, how important it is to have that dexterity to move with the woman and to not have the routine. And, and the best lovemaking is really an improvisational moment by moment dance. It's not a scripted dance. I was almost going to say it's a tango. It's not even a tango. It's like something mad and wild and unscripted and unpredictable, but you're moving with each other's energy with what is present in the moment. Those are the best lovers those are like those men who could mm. do that who have the capacity to do that and that takes listening and that takes attunement and it takes checking in with her you know um yeah so scotty i think you were going to say something no i you know uh, i know josh josh is single and you know i've been married for a few years and so i'll i'll kind of talk from that side but what i've seen not only in my own relationship but what i've also seen with couples that i work with is how do we keep that spark alive right um you know what i hear all the time is our relationship's amazing um i'm having an affair or the relationship is amazing or we haven't had sex right and i can say from my perspective is What's really invigorating to me and, and my wife as well is when we really have that polarity, right? Because there's this interesting construct between love and desire. And sometimes they're at opposite polar ends with each other, right? You become more in love. You know, I'm like, we're sharing our dreams together, but then we're also doing management inc with each other, with the kids and everything else. And like that just depolarizes the relationship. And so, you know, a big question is like, how do we keep that separateness, right? Where we're still connected through our hearts, 
but there's there's a separation between our polarity and that's what creates the attraction that's what makes me just like want to like lovingly ravish you right it's hard to lovingly have that desire to ravish you when we've just been talking about the taxes and you know the kids soccer games right so what do you recommend like how do we bring that into you know marriages that have been together for a while and have great relationships but the polarity is off you know how do we create that you know the times when i see polarity a lot is when you know i maybe i'm at a party and i'm talking with josh and there's my wife and she's all dressed up and she's talking with someone on the other side of the room and for a second she just she almost doesn't look like my wife she looks like this just this beautiful alluring woman and i'm like oh my god i'm just i'm so much more attracted and then like there's this new invigoration yet it's the same wife that i've been you know waking up to every day but she she looks different and and there's this new invigoration so i don't don't know if you have any feedback or just some, yeah, I, I can see, I can just see that energy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that's what I would love to hear because, you know, I, I, that's a dance that like I, that I think I'm constantly playing with is because I love my wife so much and we're so connected in all these other realms, yet it doesn't always lend itself to bringing more of that polarity into the relationship. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd love to jump in on this. So, um, uh, as a sexologist, I deal with this all the time, yeah. you, know, you know, couples who come to me and, and so I've done quite a bit of study around this and, uh, you know, of course, Esther Perel has a lot to say about this and I highly recommend both of her books, Mating in Captivity. And then I'm especially in love with her recent one, State of Affairs. State of Affairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, between her and Jack Morin, uh, um, so we've been able to actually scientifically distill what creates desire. And it comes down to three things, mystery, novelty, and obstacle. Obstacle. So think about when, Scotty, when you see your wife across the room and she looks beautiful and she's talking to somebody else, there's distance. Yep. So like a fire needs oxygen to sustain, so does a relationship. Yeah. And so there might be some obstacle that's in place there because she's across the room and she's talking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And suddenly she becomes attractive again. Um, so being able to engineer some of these elements into your relationship is really important. Even if it's like a text that you send each other during the day, um, a, like a mysterious flirty text, like I have something naughty planned for you tonight. See, look at both of your faces. Right? It's keeping, it's keeping a little bit of the mystery, right? Huh. Both of your faces are like, yeah. yeah. This is so why video like, is great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so when, when you really know that science, it's like, you know, you, you can engineer that in your relationship. Um, the, what I unfortunately see a lot of couples doing is like opening their relationship. I'm not opposed to that, but like they get bored with each other. So they go seeking outside experiences because what they're seeking is novelty, yeah, mystery, novelty, and obstacle. And I'm not against that at all, but it can also be pretty dangerous when you're not involving enough novelty in your one-on-one dynamic and you go seeking it elsewhere. Um, the mystery. So Part of why desire fades is because your partner is no longer a mystery to you. You know, yeah. you, like you're watching their bathroom habits and you're, you know, it, it um, so I, this is what I coach women in. And in, in particularly, I want to, you know, mention Aphrodite circle that's coming up. This is one thing that um, I love teaching women because it absolutely revolutionizes their sex and love life. 
is when a woman begins to embody mystery, when she learns how to hold herself in certain ways, she's actually withholding herself and coming into her own being, into her own energy. She becomes incredibly magnetic to men mm. because she's running her energy vertically instead of horizontally. And so this is the, the very definition of magnetism is a vertical running pole. And so um, remaining a mystery to your partner um, men, uh, making a little bit of a gender stereotype here, um, but weaving in some of that, like what David Data would call the dark masculine. Yeah. Um, not in the form of violence or aggression that may or may not come out in your lovemaking, but embodying the kind of stereotypical qualities of the male aggressor, like demonstrations of strength demonstrations of boundary setting, containment. These are all aphrodisiacs to your wife, your long-term partner. It's when she sees you step into this role. Yeah, which, which to comment on that, a lot of times to men, it means no. Yeah. <laughs> a very easy, fast way to get there is no. Yeah. And again, yeah. you could just explore playing with like no in a firm, in a firm way. And it's a, especially if you've been saying yes, 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 and it's like no. Right, like that can be a powerful world in itself to uh, change the energy with things. Yeah, and, and and I'd like to add something to that too. Uh, some feedback that I have gotten from my wife as well is, you know, speaking on the David data is having that boldness that we were talking about earlier. So one example is we could be traveling in a in another country and we're really not sure where to go. There's something about like grabbing her hand and being like, "We're going to go this way." I don't really care what you think about right now, although I love the feedback, but we're going to go this way. We got this. Grab my hand. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and I think also what that does is whether you bring that into the bedroom or whether you bring that into certain aspects of your relationship, what that does is that puts you a little bit more in the masculine role and it lets the woman, at least from the feedback that I've gotten from my wife, is she is so proficient at doing the masculine, being in the boys club, you know, working, being productive, like getting stuff done. But then there's a part of her too that's like, I just want to release into the feminine. And when you grab my hand and I feel like I'm safe and, and you're in control and you can lead, then I just all of a sudden be like, oh, because I can, I can do that job, right? Mm -hmm. I can lead, I can do all that. But then there's times when it's like, I just want to be led. Right? I want to be heard, I want to be loved, I want to be honored, but I want to be led. Mm -hmm. And it allows me to get into my feminine, it allows you to stay in your masculine, and then when you're in your feminine, I'm like even more turned on, I want to honor you more, and it's like this really beautiful kind of like reciprocal play. And so I think there's something about having that boldness to feel confident in, in yourself to be able to move forward in that dynamic in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one one other thing that came up, and I know Scott, we've mentioned this a bunch of times, but it works yeah. is why we've mentioned it, is when you're planning a date night, decide as a man, yeah. like decide where you're going, what time you're going, even decide what she's wearing. And again, I say this blankly, but some women are a little bit different. Some women like it's really important to know where they're going and some of those things, but the more you get to know them, you can adjust slightly to what works for them. But just making plans, and it sounds like it's hitting all 
I'm picking you up at six, wear this sexy black dress mm. and, and I'll like, you know, don't be late. Right. Or like whatever you're doing, <laughs> it's like, what's I got happening? Yeah. You know, and it, and it yeah. just is that direct, that directness. And from what you're saying, it's hitting that mystery. It's even hitting a little bit of the novelty. Cause it's like, where are we going? And he wants me in this dress. And mm. I think it's like, you know, her closet, if you've been dating somebody or, you know, what, what attracts you, what feels, what's the experience you're looking for, create that experience. So, so mm. take the next step to figure it out. Mm-hmm. and decide. And a lot of times it releases that and it sets in. Um, yeah. Yes. And I want to add a caveat Yeah, because, um, you know, David data, all due respect, I have studied with him personally for, for years. Um, we are in a new era Yeah, and, and so I want to progress some of those ideas and make mm-hmm. them a little more contemporary and relevant for today. And absolutely what you're talking about is leadership is, is really leading mm-hmm. the relationship but not controlling it. Right. And, and what needs to be established first is trust. That's it. So when you're like, you know, Scott, you're, you're long, you're in a long-term marriage. So of course, you know, your wife well enough and she trusts you. You can throw her down on the bed, take her by the hand and lead her through Thailand, Bangkok or whatever, you know, like you can do that. Josh, you've been dating somebody even a couple of times. You can begin to do that. Um, Hey, I want you to wear a black dress. We're going to this restaurant. When I hear that from a man and I don't know him well, or there's not established trust, I'm like, oh, really? Totally. Try to con- yeah, you don't yeah. try to like control me, tell me what to do. Mm. You know what? Actually, I'm going to cancel because mm. I am not liking your attitude. Like, I don't mm. feel like you value what mm. I actually want. I'm also alpha. So mm. that's just me. You know, some women, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really hard to, really hard to lead. So I just want to give that disclaimer. God bless the men who have tried. Um, but I think it's a valid point. And, and I think that's why, and I said the caveat, make sure to know the woman first, because Absolutely. I've, I've dated other women that are like, I need to know the restaurant. I want to know the restaurant. I want to know where we're going. And to your point, uh, Eva, I, I want to, I like to wear what I want to wear. So again, yeah, it doesn't absolutely. work with every, every specific woman's a little bit different. So knowing them allows you to then plan for them. So for them, but they, they might like to say, and some even want to know, kind of choose, participate in where you're going. Like, okay, are you feeling this? Are you feeling this? So to that sense, you could say, I'd like to go out with you Tuesday or Thursday. Um, both yeah. of these nights are free. And I have these three experiences planned. What feels the best to you? Could be another yeah. way. Yeah. Right. So just another frame to somebody who wants to, because my experience is in a woman who's very strong in that, knows what she wants. And I think the difference is some women are very particular. I know exactly what I want. I know what I want to experience. And I know what that is. Some women like to just go with the flow. And it sounds like you're a little bit more like, oh, I know the experience that I want to create to have fun so I can show up and be with you on it. And I want to co-create it with you. Is that, does that feel about right? Uh, absolutely. I want to know that my experience matters. That my, I, mm. I want him to totally. lead, but I also want to know that my voice is heard by him. Mm. That's and now, it. you know, and, and certainly, you know, what, what we're talking about is like how to keep the spark alive in a long-term relationship. And yes, women are leading today. Like Scott, your wife is a leader. You know, she's, she's putting a lot of things out into the world. And like, sometimes we need to be brought out of our frontal cortex and into our limbic system. And the way that we do that is by resting our decision-making. So we need to like not make any decisions and we need you to just decide for us and cook us dinner and throw us down in the bed and fuck us senseless at the end yep. of the day. Yep. Like, so we need that. But th- that's because there's trust. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm so glad you brought that up because none of that can even come forth until you have that layer of communication. And 
it's exactly what you said. It's like when I lead, it's like she knows that she can relax, she can just let go and follow. But then she also knows because we've already created that conversation and that trust that it's even it, it's not hey I'm leading, but I'm not going to listen to anything you say. She knows that if there's feedback and she doesn't feel safe or she wants to course correct, I'm I'm fully open to receiving that experience. And like what you said, Josh when you listen and you have that foundation first, you may have a woman that says, well, I really want to know what restaurant. Some women are like, oh my God, I feel so good. I don't even want to know. Like put the blindfold on, let's go. That That's so hot. Other women are like, I really want to know like 90% of it. And so you have to kind of like really feel that out and you'll know before you even kind of step into that. At the same token, what I will say is where she is, you also have to recognize where you are because then there's part of where you are that really gets filled up. So for some masculine men, they feel really good about like, I want to have that experience with a woman. I want to have a woman where it's like, I can have that kind of leadership or I can take her in that kind of way. And that feels very appealing, right? And then you will start to align yourself with maybe women that identify with that or that are very complementary to that. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I like your use of the word complimentary. And um, the last thing I want to say about this is to the women. Because, um, you know, how do we evoke leadership from a man? How do we let him know, either directly or indirectly, that we want to be led or that we want to be taken or we want some danger sex? Oh, that's great. You know? Um, and so I want to give the women a couple of really direct tools. I'm super pragmatic in a way that I teach. And um, so if you're on, let's say you're online dating and a guy um, is very cautious and he says to you, well, like, what, what would you like to do on Tuesday night for a date? I'll just put it back on him and say, hmm, surprise me. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, to flirt. I, I love flirting over text. It's like a specialty. So I would say to a man, um, I'm in the mood for something soft tonight what you got or I feel like being outside what do you have for an adventure so you give him a clue you give him a cue as to like where you are what you like what you enjoy but you let him take the lead and make a plan um also a lot of women like myself this has been a big edge for me I'm not very leadable because I lead, I'm like super alpha, you know, I like, it takes a big man, God, God bless. And um, so I have to actively like sort of roll my energy back and like, let my man take me by the hand and walk me through a crowd. And what that means is that I have to find a still point within myself where I'm open and receptive and ready for the, for the direction that he chooses. And if I don't like that direction, I'll let him know. You know, what about that spot? You know, you're at a concert or you're going to a park and he's looking for a spot to lay down the picnic blanket. And yet I see that there's dog poop right there where he's going to lay the blanket down. I'm like, hmm, really love that tree over there. I'd love to lay underneath it. Oh, the guy usually is like, okay, great. That would please you. Let's go over there. So we can sort of begin to position ourselves to be receptive to his leadership and yet like kind of leading from behind, we're giving him some arrows pointing in the way. I love that because it's it's not done in any masculating way. Uh, it's done in a really loving, playful, radiant way. And 
I mean, it's, that's the key to, I mean, really enrolling the masculine. So just confirming what you're saying to the women out there. Uh, it's so refreshing to hear those type of words because we're always trying to, to please. And a lot of times you guys may catch more details or catch more things. And a lot of times the way it comes out is like you screwed up. And then a lot of times the man can feel like now you're focused in your head because you're thinking of what you did wrong or right. Um, and so I just love the way you're leading women to enroll that conversation with playfulness and radiance and like suggestion, the power of suggestion, because it's a little hint on, on where you want to go. Yeah. Don't make him wrong. That's the thing. Mm. The, the big mistake that most women do myself in the past included. Don't make him wrong. Set him up to win. Just mention that I am beginning Aphrodite circle uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. So Aphrodite circle is an online live coaching circle for women on the sacred art of seduction. So I teach feminine allure flirtation and how to wield the feminine powers embodied integral feminine energy uh, in a conscious way to meet and to invoke enlightened masculine so it's a super succulent juicy sexy yummy course and you can check it out at aphroditecircle.com and you can also just keep in touch with me and let's continue this conversation over on my website at evaclay.com. Mm, beautiful. Well, we love the fact that you're bringing your essence and your knowledge and your sexual wisdom to our audience. Thank you so much. And again, if anybody has any additional questions, you can always email us at the masteringfulfillment.com website. And again, it's evaclay.com and you can go there to see what she's up to. Um, Eva also has a ton of awesome videos and articles. So definitely check all of that out. So if any of these kind of you know, just at, what did the appetite? There's just so much more to dive into um, on her platform. So Eva, just want to thank you again so much for sharing your love and wisdom. We love you so much. And we can't wait to do this again. Thank you, Eva. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, okay, thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs> if you enjoyed this show, we would be so grateful if you left a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us out immensely. Thank you so much. Are you ready to take your personal, relational or business fulfillment to the next level? With one-on-one -on -one personal support, co-developed strategies and accountability, Scott and Joshua have the tools, compassion and years of experience helping people just like you live an extraordinary life. Visit masteringfulfillment.com for details.